So this is the next in our podcast series, proudly brought to you by Chris Mirabella and my business, Communis and Networking Matters. My name's Maureen Hegarty and we're here today with Paul Harvey from Harve Design. Paul, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So some of the ground we'll cover today is Harve Design and the services that you offer mm-hmm. and copyright. Yep. And what about we start with what is Harv Design and what are the services you offer? So Harv Design is a one-man operation, really. It's, it's just me. And I'm a caricaturist by passion, but uh, I'm a cartoonist and um, I'm an illustrator. I'm an author. I'm a bit of a, a koala. I, no, no, I'm not a koala because they die. I'm, I'm a chameleon. So I, I try to do a little bit of everything. I, I often say if you're a koala and you only eat eucalyptus leaves, you die. So <laughs> I, um, I try to uh, turn my hand to whole lots of different things. So there's many strings. I'll have a go at anything. you have a go at anything. There's many strings to your bow. And if anyone's held an Aussie Rules footy card in their hand, they've been holding a little piece of hard design. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing the footy cards for, uh, I think this is my 10th year with uh, Select, the Select footy cards. I do um, the chase cards. So I do the caricatures of the footballers. Um, I do 72 paintings each year for the for the cards. And, um, yeah, they're the ones that the kids... Um, oh, there's different cards that they collect, but they're the ones that they get the sets of, all the different caricatures of the players. So we're sitting here in Harv and Carolyn's house in Richmond, mm-hmm. and I can see some stubby holders and some toy figurines and artwork hanging on the walls. So you do cover a lot of bases, Harv. Yeah, 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 I try to. As I say, it's the... You've got to um, diversify a bit to keep the work coming in. But uh, look, I've been lucky more since um, I worked in advertising for a, for about 12 years, I think, but I always had my own business going at the same time. And I've been working from the home studio for about 28 years now, I think, and something like that. And uh, But I've always tend to be busy, so there's a bit of skill in that and there's a bit of talent in that, but there's also a little bit of luck. So just to pick up on what you were saying there about the marketing, I follow you on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, so you clearly have a knack for marketing and also being a small business owner. You have to. Yeah, I think you do. You you do have to. I was never good. I, I worked in advertising, but I was never very good at advertising myself. I, I've, you know, you as a small business, you, you want word of mouth and you want people talking about you, and I, I find that good. But I find social media is a great and inexpensive way to get your stuff out there. I still don't know if it's a panacea. You, I don't know whether. I think it's always the same people, you know, that, that look and like your your stuff. Uh, and you do need to keep up with latest trends. You know, I'm not on TikTok, but uh, I'm not sure they're my demographic. So, but yeah, I do find that that's important too to post it's it's interesting I I won't have seen people for a long time and they will say they love seeing my stuff and they love following my posts and you know they don't necessarily like it or even comment but it's interesting that they do look at it and they do see what you're doing and they feel a connection to you because they follow your work and they like to see what you're doing so um, I find that nice that's good look I suppose all of us in small business we use social media, but maybe sometimes we forget 
to actually be very explicit in our messaging in the services that we provide. People know you for your caricatures and your design. What are some of the other things that you do? I do a lot of corporate fast caricature, uh, live caricature at corporate functions. So I might go out to a Christmas party for a company and draw everybody in the room. I, I, I do fast caricatures at about you know five minutes each and a um, bit of colour and they, I, you know, I roll them up and they leave. So it, it becomes a fantastic uh, entertainment, right? So you, you banter a little bit with the people. I, I, I quite love it. I love that five minutes in someone's life while I'm doing it. I, I quite enjoy that. I have the same jokes all the time. So they, so hopefully if they get me to draw them twice, two or three times, they'll hear the same jokes. But I think Wegg, you know, I sort of followed that. He was the doyen and he was a good mate of mine. And um, Bill Green, you know, the cartoonist who did the premiership posters. And so I sort of got into that through him. He, I remember him saying to me, after, you know, this is pretty lucrative. So I do the live caricatures at, at uh, functions. I do a lot of retirements of people when they re- have birthdays or retire from businesses and those sorts of things. I, I'm always doing 50ths and 60ths and 80ths. And it's a great gift for people that have got everything. And it's also, I, they're often very touched by it because it's a, it's a, You've taken the time to actually think about them and their life and their their, their interests, and you know people um, are really touched by it. And they send me photos of when it's being presented and stuff, which is really lovely. So I do a I do a lot of that. I do it all the time. I think for twenty years, every time someone retires from the Brisbane Lions, they get me to do the caricature of the player. A few other teams get me to do it, and um, yeah, so that's pretty good. That you know that's they keep coming all year, which is great. I've got a little business called uh, Halftime where we do limited edition prints. So we do collections of the Brownlow medalists and the premiership the premiership winners and Norm Smith medalists and Coleman medalists and those sorts of things. So you can collect the halftime prints, which is good. I've got another company that puts all my work on roller blinds. They're called Blind Concepts. So they're terrific. So man caves and kids' bedrooms can have my mascot on the blinds and, um, and then Madam Wholesalers do stuffy holders and... I put all my work on all sorts of things, stubby holders and cushions and you name it. So uh, they're good. You know, they're all just little offshoots that on their own don't pay a lot, but collective, accumulatively, you know, it's a, it's a good living. And then I, I write a little bit. I'm working on a book with Slattery called Footy Illustrated, which is the history of the footy cartoonists and, and caricaturists. And I do all the could have been... Um, so they had a great book last year, the Forty Years of the Could Have Been. So I do cartoons and comics for cartoons for different authors, you know, mm-hmm. or I write myself. So a lot of it is around the footy. Take us back, Harve, to when you first started drawing, and what was it that was inspiring you? Was it something that you saw somebody else do, or it's something that you just took up on your own? It was just something I loved. Yeah, I suppose we're influenced by the cartoonists we see in the papers or in magazines, but I was always driven to be, I still am, to be as good as I can be. And I just, in, I enjoyed it. Uh, I ran into my prep teacher, uh, Sister Helena. I had dinner with her about um, a month ago and I told her, she's the reason I draw. She made a big fuss of a bird drawing that I did. She couldn't have been less interested. It was very funny. <laughs> but it was it was important to me. So 
I just always loved drawing. And then uh, Marcelin Boy, I used to draw all the teachers at uh, school. I used to go in with Cole McLaughlin and after school, you know those old blackboards where you would, the teacher would fill up the board and they would go like that. So we'd go into the class and we'd move it two along and I'd do a caricature of the teacher that taught in that class and then we'd move it back thinking that, you know, some, some, some at some point in that next week they would pull the thing down and there'd be a caricature there. And I never heard... I never got any feedback on whether it was funny or not, but we thought it was pretty funny doing it. So I think I digressed from the question. But um, yeah, uh, so yeah, I just I I just loved it, and then I just wanted to get good at it. So it it um, became my hobby. It was my passion. It became my hobby, and then became my livelihood. Yeah, I, look, I remember as a youngster looking in the newspaper at the cartoons, and that's something that our kids won't have access to because we don't really. Have as many news printed material in oh, newspapers now? Moors, it's a it's a huge problem. There's a lot of fantastic cartoonists around the world that are struggling to find work. I had I've had guys that I looked up to all my life call me and say, you know, how how do you get work out? You know, how, mm. how do you make a living doing what you do? I don't tell them because I don't need the competition. <laughs> but I mean, that's sad, mm. you know. And newspapers are struggling. I suppose it I suppose it evolves. I think we look. At other ways of, you know, making money and social me- social media is, you know, for all its negatives, it, it does give a platform for cartoonists to, you know, display what they can do, but uh, how they monetize that, you know, these mm. are the problems that every we're all going through at the moment and, you know, cartoonists are, and caricaturists are going through at the moment. They're, a lot of their work is free. Who knows, non-fungible tokens might be the next thing where these guys can do work and make some money, so... Which brings us on to what I've touched upon earlier, which is copyright and people putting their stuff up on social media to advertise their services. Mm. Someone screen capturing it and using it in their own story, mm. not not attributing it to the artist. To like to, it is a danger, but there's always the there was always the danger of me producing posters twenty thirty years ago that that people would you know copy you know Xerox off and start selling at markets i mean and i've walked into markets and seen that happening and they were making you know physical money as that was happening and it was obviously contravening my copyright but now on social media i suppose it's more outreaching it's a tricky one when you when you don't mind so much if they tag you or or credit you you know then that's it, it can be a great thing because you're getting your work into different markets and different audiences and that's terrific so and I think it's not too bad with that. People do, on social media, they do, you know, credit. Well, it's just as easy as putting halftime, you know, so people know that that's a halftime image. So for all its negatives, there are, you know, positives with that. I suppose that everything's a balance, isn't it? Mm, yeah. mm. But copyright is something you have to keep an eye on and, and you do have to make sure that I I think uh, it would have been two years ago someone used one of my illustrations of Bond and Pelly to, oh, I was a betting company, right? And I don't, I don't have any huge moral objections to betting companies, but I did think, you know, these guys have a lot of money. Mm. It wouldn't have been that hard to just call me up and ask me. Um, it, funny, a mate called me the other day and they gave him an image that I had done and said, oh, look, can you copy this? Uh, and he said, well, I can't do that. That's halves. And he said, oh, no, we want you to copy it. We, um, he said, well, why don't you just bring half to do it? Oh, they actually thought it was Mark Knight 
despite the fact that my name, Harv, is written in the bottom corner. So stuff like that happens, and that mm-hmm. it does get your nose out of joint because I'm not expensive. It just you know mm-hmm. I'm in the phone book, you know, or I'm I'm on social media. It's it's not that hard to find me to get me to do it. But yeah, anyway. well, we know you're expensive because you've done Chris's and my caricatures yeah, for I'm our podcast very series. Thank you, you are extremely reasonable, yes. beautiful quality. I suppose it's just that continuing educative process where you're simply messaging to people, this is original, unique work. And I'm responsible for it. Please attribute it to me. Get in touch with me. Like you mm. say, you're very accessible through mm. your, through the social media platforms. Oh, I suppose there's a bit of laziness, isn't there? Oh, well, there is. Mm. Yeah. And look, and when you're mentoring younger artists, what mm. is it that you counsel them to do, Harv? Often I look at, I'll give them tips on style, and but yeah, they want to know. They they want to work out how to get work. There's this attitude to art. You know, Australia, without being political, Australia's got its head up its bum when it comes to the arts in Australia. I mean, we really, we really do. We we don't have uh, we don't have a an arts minister that's just looking after art. I think it combines sport and art. It's insane, you know. And then through COVID, so many artists, not just recording artists, but so many creative artists, just struggled. Um, and lost their livelihood. Like all the live caricaturists that I know struggled. We just don't appreciate them enough, in my opinion. And and we think that because you're, you can do this effortlessly, it's not a an, a big thing to that you shouldn't charge for or, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of struggling artists that come through that unfortunately uh, are offered exposure you know we'll we'll do this for me for nothing but we'll give you great exposure Mm -hmm. on social media and stuff well he can do that himself and Mm -hmm. i i often say people die of exposure you know there's nothing in it for the artist so that is that is the one of the major pitfalls of you know working your way through and you do have to do you do have to work pretty hard to get your stuff out there and you can be um exploited Mm -hmm. so that's i suppose that's i give a lot of advice on that sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose it's people understanding, Harv, that that effortless artwork that you've rendered in five minutes, that's been decades and decades of yeah, yeah. refining and honing those skills that's yeah. led you to the point that you can render something so quickly and beautifully. I suppose like the live caricatures, you can sit down and get a likeness, you know, a good get a good drawing in five minutes, but there's not that many people that can do it mm. and do it well. And I mean... If it looks easy, that's that's the skill. Sit down and try and draw someone in five minutes. It's not that easy. You know, Wegg was amazing. He could he could knock them over in two minutes. You know, it's a yeah, it's an, a a skill, and it takes time to to get good at it. And it's like anything, all creative art. You know, it takes mm-hmm. time to to hone your skill and and get good at it. And uh, and so, if you were giving a, a thirty second pitch on what caricature is, is it that it's artwork that someone you have to start with being able to render something in a realistic format, but then you're taking it to the next level. You're adding that extra layer. Yeah, so I call it portraits. It's not my term either, but it's portraits with the sound turned up. So what you're trying to do is create a statement about a person. So the, the, I teach caricature and cartooning a bit. There's three sort of important things about a good caricature. It has to, have a, uh, has to look like them then there has to be some exaggeration and there has to be a statement. So with the footballers that I do, uh, just using those as an example, 
I, I do action and movement and it's I find it's important and it's become sort of my signature style that I caricature how somebody kicks and the little sort of intricacies of how they go about doing an action or you know the idiosyncrasies of their particular style of play I try to get those sorts of things not just the big nose you know sometimes that's important but it's not all about just drawing big noses it's um it's trying to get a likeness but also make a comment about that guy you mentioned being a student at Marsland College and drawing on the wraparound boards before and you've been part of the community and supporting things for many many years half and you attended our networking matters last Mm -hmm. event yep and we're going to be delighted to host you at our next event in September. Cool. Where you'll be doing some of that live portraiture. The Good, because I remember at the breakfast, there was a lot of good heads. <laughs> that does um, excite me, seeing some of those heads. It's funny, there's, you know, with the footballers you do, they're all young guys, you know, and they haven't really grown into their faces yet. But, um, yeah, walk into that room. Was, <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible Nobody's way. Nobody's safe. <laughs> no one's safe. Oh, that's tremendous. Well, look, thanks for joining us today. It's been delightful interviewing you and you sharing your experiences about caricatures. So, Harv, if anybody wants to contact you, how do they get in touch? Uh, They can email me on paulharvatpg.com.au or they can have a look at my work on Halftime or have a look at my work on Instagram, which is uh, also Halftime, and Paul Harvey on Facebook. So that that gives you a sort of an overview of the sort of things I do. But send me an email and I'll... um, I'll um, fix you up. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.